0: Let us begin, if you woke up this morning and turn on the live stream to the Chapel Sydney and instead of seeing me looking like this, but I look like this, what would your reaction be? That was, I think I was in high school, uni, uni a few years younger a few kilos lighter all right well what if what if you turned up and i looked like this hey that's that's me back in high school year 9 i, I think it is and finally i'm going to go one more step what if you looked at the camera and I look like this. Oh, collectively the whole world just went, oh, so cute, so cute. I don't know what happened, but I was so cute. It started well, and then it kind of went downhill from there. You know, if you saw that, if that actually happened, you would think that we were playing with the camera, that we were doing some kind of com- com- uh, Cinem- cinemographic um, stunt, you know, some special effect. You just wouldn't believe me if, if I started looking like that, if I reversed the aging process. And yet when we come to Resurrection Sunday, when we talk about the Son of God coming back to life, do you question that? Do you question that, or do you just accept it? After the death of Jesus, we, we read this passage in John chapter 20 about the resurrection of Jesus. The word resurrection means to bring a dead person back to life. Jesus came back from dead to life. Surely this is not normal. Like, how many other people do you know that were dead and came back to life? Not many, if any. Some people will get that joke. But every year, we celebrate Resurrection Sunday, and we celebrate Jesus coming back from dead to life as if it was just a birthday. We... It happens once a year, we tie some balloons on it, we sing some songs, and we have a great meal together. But the question is, is this really normal? Is this something that is just accepted? You know, I want us to take some time this evening to revisit the resurrection of Jesus. What happened, and what does it mean for us today? And so today's passage is John chapter 20, verse 1. Let's read the first part together. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord. then the disciples went back to where they were staying so as I was saying before the tomb was a cave on the side of a mountain and to block that tomb a large stone would be rolled over it not necessarily for to stop the people coming out because obviously they're dead it was really for people to not get into the cave or into the tomb and yet, when Mary Magdalene goes to the tomb first thing in the morning, the stone has been removed now she 's so shocked that she runs back to the disciples and to tell them what she has seen. now the disciples run back to the tomb only to find that the tomb is empty. The strips of linen were lying there, but there was no body and Within this amazing scene where we see a huge stone being rolled, around, rolled away and a dead body gone missing, we see this interesting verse in verse 8. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. We saw, He saw and believed. Now, it's interesting why that verse goes in there and it reminds us of the purpose of John's gospel. John never told us about the crucifix of Jesus just to tell us what happened. But he tells us because there was an eyewitness there that saw it, that believed it and was saved. And that is the purpose of John's Gospel. So even as I share this with you today, even as we read John's Gospel again today, don't just hear it as, here are some facts about Easter. Remember, John is questioning Have you seen it? Have you believed it? And are you saved? Verse 11. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. The second scene moves back to the first character that we met, Mary Magdalene. Now, she loved Jesus. And because of that love, was devastated of the idea that the dead body of Jesus was now gone. So while in tears, she looks into the tomb and sees two angels who ask her, Why are you crying? She tells them that she's upset. Because the body of Jesus is gone. Verse 14. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Now, you've got to imagine that Mary is devastated so much that she sees two angels and doesn't freak out. She sees Jesus and, and doesn't even know that it's Jesus. But while she's trying to put the pieces together, Jesus calls out her name, Mary. And when she finally recognizes who it was, she cries out, Rabboni, which means teacher. Once again, we we see this personal nature of Jesus. To reach out, to speak the name of Mary would have been the most comforting thing that Mary needed at that moment. And then Jesus tells her to go and tell the other disciples of the news to declare, I have seen the Lord. Let's go to the final scene in verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sin, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. In the final scene, we see that the day has gone by and the disciples are meeting together but they are huddled behind locked doors why well the jewish teachers had their leader killed murdered on the cross and suddenly the body had gone missing so who do you think who do you think would have been the most likely suspects to have taken the body the disciples And so they're huddled behind locked doors, fearing for their future, fearing for their lives. And we see that Jesus turns up beside them. We assume that he just kind of went through the wall. And he says to them, peace be with you. Now, whether the disciples would have understood What actually just happened to hear those words, peace be with you, would have been so comforting, would have been so comforting to the disciples as Jesus meets them. So that's what happens. We find an empty tomb. Jesus reveals himself to Mary and then he reveals himself to the disciples. Now we read this story every year on Resurrection Sunday. But when you hear it today, what does it make you think about? What kind of questions come up when you think about what actually happened in this story? As I said, is it something that we just accept? Like we don't really question? Or do you have questions? Is it no big deal that Jesus came back to life and just turned up to his friends? What we need to understand tonight is the depth and meaning of what the resurrection means to us. As I said, John did not write this gospel to give us a fact check about what happened. But he writes this so that we can understand the meaning of resurrection. So that we would see, believe and be saved. If Jesus, if the death of Jesus was the end of the payment of sin which is what we said on Friday. When he says, it is finished, the final payment of sin was paid. Then the resurrection of Jesus is the beginning of eternal life. Around those words, he has risen. Let me say that again. If the death of Jesus was the end of the payment for sin, then the resurrection of Jesus is the beginning of eternal life. When Jesus rose from the dead, he did three things. Number one, he proved scripture to be true. Just like in the Old Testament, um, how it was prophesied the death of Jesus, we also see that it prophesied the resurrection of Jesus. Psalm one hundred and eighteen, seventeen to 18, I will not die but live and will proclaim what the Lord has done. The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Isaiah 25, 7-8. On this mountain, He will destroy the shroud that enfolds all people, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The Sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove His people's disgrace from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. We see that when Jesus rose again, he fulfilled Old Testament prophecy. Now, once again, this shows us that the resurrection of Jesus isn't something that Jesus just decided at the time. It's not some random thing. Like It's not that he, was, like, he wasn't really dead and then he went into the tomb and then he kind of woke up and went, wait a minute, I'm not really dead. And then just turned up. No, this was something that was prophesied in the Old Testament. It was intentional and purposeful from the beginning of time. It was within the plan of God. The second thing that we see when Jesus rose from the dead is that death was defeated. When Jesus rose from the grave, he took away the most powerful weapon that the enemy had against us, and that's death. Think about it. What's the worst thing that that can happen to you and I? What's the worst thing that can happen to you and I? Death. And so, so many of us, we fear death. We fear death because we cannot control it. And for many of us, we're still unsure of what happens after it. But when Jesus rose again, when Jesus came back from the dead, we see that Jesus has claimed the victory over death. 1 Corinthians 15, 55-56, to, uh, 55 to 56, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the Lord. But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 2.24, But God raised Him from the dead, freeing Him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on Him. Jesus defeated death. As Scripture says, death could not hold him. He reminded me of this quote of not a very godly TV series, but, you know, you just use anything. What do we say to the God of death? Not today. That's what Jesus said. Oh, we're getting some cheers from inside this room. We need to pray for them. I won't even tell you who it is. Yeah, no, everyone else doesn't know what's going on. You guys need to watch some more TV. Jesus defeated the greatest weapon that the enemy had, and that was death. See, suddenly, death isn't the worst thing that can happen to us because there's life after death. It means that we don't have to fear death anymore. It, doesn't, it means that we don't have to worry about dying or worrying about what happens after death because Jesus shows us that there is life after death. Death cannot defeat us because Jesus has defeated it. And that's the second thing that we see when Jesus rose from the dead. Third thing we see, Jesus gives us a way to life. Colossians chapter 2, verse 20, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith. In the working of God who raised him from the dead, Romans 6, 5-6, For if we have been united with him in a death like this, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like this. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. See, it's great that the resurrection-filled Old Testament prophecy. And it's amazing that Jesus defeated death. But it's this last point that really drives everything home. It's that we now have a way to life, life eternal. The resurrection of Jesus gives us the pathway to life eternal. Eternal. And we don't have to fear death because we now know what awaits for those that believe and trust in Jesus. Just like Jesus rose from the dead, we too will resurrect into life everlasting with God. When we are united to Jesus, we will be united in all the elements, including His death, including His resurrection. So even after we physically die, which we all will, we know that Jesus has set us a path for us to follow that leads to life everlasting. Now, there's a fourth point that's not in the slides that I just thought of maybe like 10 minutes ago. And this is a live stream, so we just go on the fly. (laughs) The fourth thing that we need to understand, which is really important, is that Jesus... Is now alive. He rose from the dead and later we'll see he ascends into heaven. And this is important because we worship a God that is alive. We don't worship some historical figure. We don't worship some, some uh, mythological idea. We worship a God that lived on earth, died rose again, ascended into heaven, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. He is alive. And that's something that we need to remember. Please do not underestimate how big and important the resurrection of Jesus really is. Actually, when we think about the resurrection, we should stand in awe, in reverence for what Jesus did by rising again from the dead. Fulfilling scripture, defeating death, showing us the way to to eternal life. And simply for still being alive. Allowing us to worship a God that is living This is why the resurrection of Jesus is so important. And actually, if you think about it, it's really mind-blowing. It's not something that just happened, but it's something that happened that leads us to eternal life with God. As I said before, if the death of Jesus was the end of the payment of sin, then the resurrection of Jesus is the beginning of, of life eternal. John chapter 11, verse 25 and 26 reads this. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Let me read that again. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? What an amazing statement that Jesus says. That if we believe in him, that even though we die physically, we will live. And whoever believes in him will never die. This is what Jesus promises us. When we put our faith in Jesus... When we put our trust in Jesus, when we recognize that Jesus and his death paid the penalty of our sin, and when he rose again, it led us into life eternal. That when we believe in him, that we get to live forever. That's what Jesus offers us. But it's this question at the end of that verse that I believe that we need to ask ourselves today. Do you believe this? This is the question that I believe that each and every one of us needs to wrestle with and has to come to an answer to. Do you believe this? Do you believe that Jesus rose from the dead? Do you believe he fulfilled scripture? Do you believe that he defeated death? Do you believe that through the resurrection of Jesus, we now too have a way to God? Do you believe that if you die, that you will live With him forever in heaven. See, I love the the author John. He doesn't just tell us these stories, he doesn't just give us sheets of facts of what happened, but he wants to pierce our souls. And he wants to ask questions that have an impact in our eternity. Friends, clearly in Scripture it says that if we believe that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, that when we recognize him as the one that paid the penalty for our sin and that he died and then rose again, and that if we believe in him, that we will rise again too after we die. It tells us clearly that we have life Everlasting eternity in the house of God. Man, we live in some crazy times. You know, I know that in Australia, um, you know, all the social distancing, distancing measures and things like that. The reason why we can't gather at church, you know, the government has a, as a reason for that. Um, we're hearing some really good statistics, but we know that you know, if you are in other parts of the world, it's not as, as 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 controlled. And you know, we're praying for you guys. But I think this is a very real question that each person has to really wrestle and grapple with is what happens when I die? Like you may not die through the coronavirus and I really hope that you don't. But when you die, do you know what's going to happen? Do you know what's going to happen with your life? Do you know what's going to happen in the, in the future? And this is a great opportunity, really, for, for believers to speak to their friends and families about their faith and start with their question, hey, if you knew you were going to die, do you know what would happen or what happens after, after that? The Scriptures tell us because Jesus died on the cross, he paid the penalty for the sins of our past, present, and future. And because he rose again from the dead, that he showed us a way into life eternal. And underlying all of that is this idea that we cannot do that for ourselves and that Jesus has done that for us because that was the gift of God and that's what we call grace. Friends, we cannot make our way to heaven on our good works. It can only be done through the death and resurrection of Jesus. The question is, do you believe that? Can I tell you, some people think that becoming a Christian is so complicated. Some people think that, that becoming a Christian is, you have to go through, you know, 10 steps. No, 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 it's, it's actually quite simple. It's just that. Do you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sin? Do you believe that Jesus, when he rose again, gave us the path to eternal life In heaven. And do you believe that Jesus is your Lord and Savior? If you're not a believer and you're joining us, uh, you've been part of our community, or maybe you're at a friend's house and they just happen to put this on in the background. But maybe this is something that you want this Easter more than a holiday, and more than like, what are you gonna do with a holiday now, right? You're still stuck at home like more than uh, gifts and eggs and whatnot, like how about the gift of eternal life? How about the peace of heart knowing that even if you were to die today, that tomorrow you'd be in heaven with God? Well, if that's the case, I want to invite you. I want to invite you to, to make the declaration in your heart that Jesus died for your sin, that Jesus rose again, to show us the way to heaven and that when we put our trust and faith in him that we get to follow Jesus there. My prayer over this Easter weekend is that we would understand the significance of these two phrases. It is finished and he has risen. And just like the disciple confessed in verse 8, he saw and believed that that would be your response today. That you saw You believed and you were saved. Let's pray.